This is Pastor Shane Jackson coming to you live from a study here at the house. It is Wednesday night. We are going through our last, as far as I know, study in the book of Galatians. So if you will, go ahead and find your Bibles. Turn to the book of Galatians, chapter number 6. As you know, we dealt with the first part last week. I won't uh, go over everything, but I will just say that we dealt with the introduction in Galatians 6, 1 through 4. We're going to look tonight as we begin to read in verses 2 and in verses number 5. The only thing that we might do next Wednesday, Lord willing, we may go over some special verses, what I feel like are my special verses to me in the book of Galatians. One of them I love is Galatians 3, when it tells us that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. And a master, uh, especially for the firstborn male, was used in the home to help raise, the, clothe that young man, teach that young man, guide that young man. And when he got to a, uh, a, a youth age, an age where he was to go to school, the schoolmaster would then grab him by the hand and lead him to uh, the headmaster. <laughs> hey man, the law brought everyone into the same room with Christ, shut the door, and said, what are you going to do with him? He tasted death for every man. So uh, I love those verses. There's a few of them. One of them we'll deal with tonight. Um, but as far as I know, unless the Lord changes, this will be our last study in the book of Galatians before we try to move on to something else on Wednesday nights. I'll read verses 2 and verses 5, then we'll pray and try to give you what the Lord's laid on my heart. Look at verse 2, Galatians 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Look at verse 5. For every man shall bear his own burden. Father, we love you today, and we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us, Lord, to to be the burden bearers, to bear our own burden, and to bear one another's burdens. Help us, dear Lord, I pray, to be found faithful, uh, faithful to thy word, uh, faithful to the truth that we've looked at and went over today. We pray, God, that you'd make it fresh to our mind, fill us with the power of the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, to uh, illuminate and teach and guide and instruct and, and, Lord, stir the hearts of all of you people. Help us, Lord, to look in this time of burdens to, to be a help to all of your children. We love you and praise you and give you glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to look tonight, God being our helper, on, on some fruitful lives of the gospel. The Bible, the Bible says in Galatians 6 and verse 2, bear ye one another's burdens, plural. Then it says in verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. I believe those two verses hold a whole message within themselves. I want to try my best today to deal with some burdens, as I believe Paul was, dealing with burdens. And these are some burdens that we can share, but they are some burdens that we must bear ourselves. There are some things we can learn from bearing burdens. 
First of all, uh, I, I want us to look tonight at what these burdens, uh, look tonight at, at these burdens, burdens. There are some things in our life that develop us. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? Some of these even burdens help develop us. They are developing burdens or developing things. You say, how is that possible? Well, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, the Bible says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, uh, Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Hey, listen, sometimes that burdens and trials and the things uh, that God has sent into our life, they are sent to develop us. How? Well, Second Timothy 3, I just read it to you, they promote us. Hey, I, we, we, we grow in grace. We, we endure the persecution, and then we are promoted on further with God. And uh, let me not tarry long, but let me say this before moving on. I, I believe that everybody here would realize that, hey, if you're serving God, if you are enduring anything in this life, it's because you have chosen to follow Jesus. And, and here's what I mean. Uh, y'all, y'all remember not long ago, I preached on that word peculiar. And I mentioned about that peculiar, uh, that it was a little bit different than what most of us think. If we could draw a circle and then put a dot in the circle, the circle represents God, the dot represents us, everything outside of that circle, what is in the circle, the dot looks crazy. It's weird. But not only that, what comes to the dot has to first go through the circle. But but notice this. I, I didn't deal with this, so let me deal with it now. What does that look like? You 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 go somewhere, draw you a circle in the dirt, uh, take you a piece of paper and a pen and draw a circle and put a dot in the middle and tell me, does that look like a target? Oh, you better believe it does. And friend, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, they shall suffer persecution. If you're not enduring things, if you're not having troubles, if you're, hey, it might be because you're going the same way with the devil. Listen to me now. I believe this. We are to bear our own burden. We have a burden that we must bear ourselves, and then there are burdens that we must bear for others. Sometimes things that come in our life, they come to promote us, and then they come to prove us. Look at our text in Galatians 6 verse 3. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Oh my, but what's the answer? But let every man prove his own work. Oh yeah. See, things that come in our life prove us. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. <laughs> 
Isn't it amazing that here we are in a chapter talking about burdens, and there's that little word rejoice to to uh, spin around in circles, to feign yourself mad, to have yourself a fit. Amen. And the smallest verse, shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. One, the shortest verse outside of that is rejoice every more. I know it's two words, but but I want you to realize there's more letters in rejoice every more. Let you understand we can rejoice every more because Jesus wept. Oh, can I tell you today, thank God the, these burdens, these things that come in our life, they are sent to promote us. Amen. And realize that, that we are God's children and there, we have a target on us. We've, uh, we are on God's team and God's time and God's terms. We are God's family. Uh, they, they will develop us. They'll prove us in, in our text verses. He said, let every man prove his own work. And sometimes things are sent in our life to humble us that we may prove, that may prove us. In other words, can you handle the load? Can you hold up under the weight that God is putting on you? How, how do you prove the chair? If you've never sat in a chair and somebody's just glued that chair back together, you're going to prove it. You're going to put a little weight on it, then sit down on it. And before long, you can totally relax on it. Y'all remember me telling you, I called one of my buddies uh, up in a, and he's cutting out the top of a tree. And, and, uh, I, I talked to him and, and I said, man, I still hear a chainsaw running. What are you doing? He said, I'm up in a tree topping it. I got a chainsaw running in one hand, the cell phone in the other. And I said, good Lord, why did you answer? And he said, oh, I've proved these ropes. Hey, hey th- they are trials, things that come in our life are, are, are sent sometimes to prove us. Uh, let me give you another verse to back that up. Second Timothy 4, 14 through 18. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works of whom be thou ware also for he hath greatly withstood our words. Here is a man that stood with Paul for years. Woo! Boy, that sounds familiar. And they vacated the premises. Hey, where, where's, he, where's he at now? He was stood in with him. I'm not talking. Yes, we've got the Demases that stood with him a long time. But here we have Alexander the coppersmith. It looked like he was with him, but thou he did him much evil. And he withstood everything that he preached. He said, at my first answer, no man stood with me in 2 Timothy 4, verse 16. But all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Then he said in verse 17, notwithstanding, <laughs> the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preacher might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm telling you, praise God, they sometimes will be sent to prove and preserve us. Oh, sometimes God allows things to take place in our life to prove to those around us that we are genuine, that we are real. And every, anybody can fly the right direction when you've got a gang flying with you. I mean, geese has got to fly at least two together. And uh, you'll look at a covey, a quail, they'll fly together. Hey, hey, but an eagle will soar by itself, friend. Oh, God, let us mount up with wings like eagles. Hey, hey it will prove uh, that we're not a chicken, we're an eagle. Somebody say amen. And then... Not just things come in our life, burdens, uh, uh, things that happen, they, they come to promote us, to prove us, but to polish us, 
to polish us. Hey, God is refining uh, through the fiery trials of our life. He is pulling the dross off the top and making our lives more pure so that they reflect Him more clearly. In fact, people who do silver and brass and gold, they they heat it up, pull off the dross until they can see their own reflection, their own image in what they are heating up in that in that gold, in that silver. Can I tell you that God is using these things to polish us? Hey, these things that come, woo! Amen. First Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. There it is. There's the Bible verse to what I just shared with you. Though it be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. All oh, these things that come in our life, they promote us, they approve us, they polish us. First Peter four fifteen through 16 says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Oh, don't, don't suffer as an unbeliever. If you're going to suffer, if, you, if they're going to find fault with you, let them find fault with you like they had to with Daniel uh, on how you pray and serve the living God. Oh, listen to me today. Great God in heaven, uh, they, there are things come in our life sometimes to develop us. Amen. Uh, and by promoting, proving, and polishing uh, the burdens, things that come in our life, it, we've got to be careful. We need to heed the warning because not only are they sent sometimes, amen, to develop us, if we are not careful, we must be aware and heed the warning that there are some things that defeat us. They, it, 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 or at least it seems that way. For let me tell you, let me remind you that the gates of hell, <laughs> woo, somebody have a running fit, that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Oh, no. The church ain't going down, friend. It's going up. And uh, we're not on the defense. We're on the offense. Hey, we're, we are winners in this fight. Say amen right there. I'm glad. Thank God. Hallelujah. They are some things that develop. But we've got to be aware at the same time. There are things that come in our life that will defeat us. Or so it will seem. What are some things that bring about defeat in our life? Uh, uh, deception will. What are we deceived by, preacher? Well, you can be deceived by yourself. Galatians 6, 3. Look at our text. Galatians 6, 3. If any man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. I, I rem, I'm reminded when he is nothing. I, I'm reminded when I preach that message by the grace of God on the church is like a fishnet. And uh, a fishnet is just a bunch of zeros that have been knotted together. <laughs> Amen. It's only the grace of God that God can catch fish uh, with a net that's not even fully mended and not kept. And, and friend, we are zeros knotted together. What I'm saying is, if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, that's what the Bible said. This self-pride, and, and I don't want to get distracted. I preached on that one time. Uh, but let me just say, you self, flesh, the, the wicked flesh, that, that ungodly flesh, 
deceiving ourselves is the worst kind of deception. I, I remember reading uh, about a fish that dwelt way down deep uh, where there is no light in the bottom of the sea. And uh, you can look this up for you if you want to. Um, the, this fish has like this long sprig that comes out over top of his head and has a kind of light. It's a, it's an incandescent light. It's, it's almost a, a type or form of light. Uh, almost, it's not as bright as the sunlight, but it, and here's the problem. There are some people swimming around this ocean of life that think they have enough light that they don't need the Lord. I'm going to tell you, don't deceive yourself. Huh? Don't let, don't deceive yourself by the, by the filthiness of your own self-righteousness and go about to establish your own righteousness because you will not submit to the righteousness of God. Uh, Romans chapter 10, first few verses. Oh, hey, hey, don't deceive yourself by your own self-righteousness. Don't deceive yourself uh, by your own uh, uh, self-promotion. Don't think that you can cleanse the cup. And, and, and don't don't think you can clean the outside and the inside still filthy and you can get away with it. No, the religious people were like that. He, he called them a, a whited a sepulchers. Only, they, they, on the outside, they were white and new, but on the inside, they were full of dead bones. And, and if we admit it today, our flesh is wicked. And, and one man said it like this. He said, uh, well, your flesh, your flesh uh, is like an old dead cat, and, and uh, he stinks, and you need to just, uh, that cat has his claws in you, and that flesh, you just need to rip it from you and throw it away. Uh, but what you don't know is that flesh, uh, the cat has nine lives, uh, and I wished I could throw mine away, but it keeps coming back. Watch out. There's deception of self. Uh, and then not only that, was well, sin can deceive you. Oh, yes. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness, the deceitfulness of sin. Oh, there's some things that can defeat us. The, the, the deception can. Deception of self. Deception of sin. Uh, but listen to this. Uh, uh, listen. Deception of Satan. He is the deceiver, the master manipulator, the tempter, the snare builder. Uh, he traps you. He, has, he studies you. He sees what stirs you. He sees what depresses you. He sees what buttons to push on you. And he'll push them and push them and push them until he can manipulate you and tempt you and ensnare you and defeat you and discourage you and deceive you. Are you listening? Oh, not only self, not only sin, but Satan himself. Hey, listen. Listen, Revelations 12, 7, 9, and 10. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his archangels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. It calls 
him, verse 10 calls him the accused of the brethren. First Timothy 4 is another verse. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. First Timothy 4, verse 1 through 7. We're living in these days, friend. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. Oh, yeah, that word there, seducing spirits, decoy. Yes, sir. Y'all know them, them duck hunters don't go hunting uh, without decoys. Some of them can swim. Some of them can quack like a duck, uh, but there is no life in them. And them ducks will fly over and see all them other ducks. They're fake ducks. They're decoys. They're phonies, and they're swimming around in the pond, and they'll swoop down and bloom. Uh, their guts is blowed out. And I'm going to tell you, that's what people don't think that every church is blowing up. Don't think that everybody that's getting a bunch of folks coming to the church, don't don't think that they're real. They hey, they may be decoys. Hey, listen, the Spirit speaketh expressly. The Holy Ghost don't lie. He says in the latter times, people's going to depart from the faith. That's the truth. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. They they believe the lie they're telling. They forbid to marry. I mean, they just act like it's okay to shack up and command to stand, abstain from meats. Hey, just cause you don't eat uh, beef, don't make you holier than me. Somebody ought to say amen. Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And if thou put, talking about the preacher, Paul's talking to Timothy, the pastor of the preacher, and he said, if you'll put the brethren in remembrance of things, warn them that there are some deceptions that will come about, doctrines of devils and deceivers, decoys. He said, you'll be a good minister, amen, of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather to godliness oh thank god listen to me now there are some things that will defeat you deceptions will of sin of self of satan doubt will make you feel defeated some of you out there right now are doubting some of you right now are facing some doubt in your life some of you are going through doubt. Some of you preachers may even be going doubt whether you called to preach. Hey, listen to me, friend. Uh, you got to go preach somewhere. You got to get it out of you once in a while. You've got to go tell somebody about the Lord. You can't just go to service after service after service after service and then go to one drive-in service on Sunday morning and then force yourself, hey, man, and I'm just, let's be honest, to listen to podcasts and preaching. And if we'll be honest, we have more of a diet of worldliness than we do of godliness. And our diet is so filthy. I mean, it's like we're eating the, we're, and we're drinking the artificial sweetened drinks of the world and we're eating uh, food that is full, uh, that's been offered to idols. I'm talking about wicked, sinful, idolatrous worship and, and we expect our spiritual man to grow. My Lord have mercy. You can't get takeout for your soul down at the local restaurant. You got to go to heaven at the throne room of grace <laughs> to get takeout for your soul. Hey man, Brother King. You know that's right. Doubt. Not only, amen, not only will deception discourage you, make you feel defeated, but doubt will. Oh, little punishment. Uh, sometimes you say, Preacher, what do you mean? I'm saying sometimes we doubt God's punishment. Hebrews 10. For if we sin willfully, verse 26, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. 
but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Now, now we're living under grace. Of how much more sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy who hath trotted underfoot the Son of God and counted, hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and an unholy thing and hath done despite into the spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Here's what I'm saying. You've trotted underfoot the Son of God. You've acted like it was an unholy thing, and you've done despite to the Spirit of grace. I preached the whole message on that. I don't want to preach it again, but let me just say it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing uh, to sin against that graceful presence of God in your life. And that red flag is a reason God put it up. God help us all. God help us. I feel like we need to pray right now. Amen. God help us. Some of you ought to pause right now. Every one of us, every one of us ought to pause and just ask God to help us because we have got to the place. We've doubt. We've doubt. We've got away with sin so long. Hey, saw, hey, Samson got away with sin so long. He got one, two, three, got away with it three times. Hey, but the fourth time got him. You better listen to this preacher. Hey, it's going to catch up with you. Demas flirted, flirted, flirted with the world. And eventually, I'm talking about this man who God had used to help Paul. And Paul had held him up in certain epistles of the Bible as being one of the premier fellow servants, fellow laborers. And in the end, he forsaken, had forsook Paul forsook God, forsook the way of God, having loved this present world. I'm going to tell you, nobody, nobody that's listening to me is above getting in the mess. You better listen to this preacher. Don't doubt the punishment of God. Don't doubt the power of God. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you, doubt, doubt will defeat you. Not only deception, doubt and punishment, doubt and, doubt and power. I don't know why. Bible says all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He's got all power. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able. Ain't you glad he's able? And if he's able, he's willing. Amen. And now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. By, that's in our lives. Amen. We are the church, the body of Christ, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. I don't know why it is, but we get to the place sometimes without the power of God. We've got to believe that God is sovereign. And, and some people will look at you and, and think you don't care. Uh, but what it is, is you are carefree. You're not careless. You're carefree. Because God said, cast all your care on Him. And either we believe that God is sovereign, and everything that comes to the dot has to go through the circle. <laughs> He's got us surrounded. Either we believe that we are in Christ, or we don't believe it. And if I believe that God is sovereign, then I have to believe that everything that happens, good and bad, I have to distrust God with it. Are y'all listening to me? I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm not saying it's God's fault. I'm just saying God's in control of this thing. And let's trust and let's put our lives in his hand. Amen. Preach on. I don't want to get sidetracked. I about want to quote some stuff. But let me say this. <clears throat> uh, there are some things that defeat us. You've got to be careful. Deception will. Doubt will. You doubt in his punishment, his power. And, and before I move on, you may doubt his promises. Sometimes we doubt God's promises. Hey, can I remind you one of my... Oh, yes. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. <laughs> Second Peter 3, verse 9. Woo! 
but is long-suffering. Boy, ain't you glad I am to us word, comma, not willing that any should perish, comma, but that all should come to repentance. And Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4, one of my favorite verses. I love preaching on it. I had time preaching on it at Mountain View uh, Christian School one time. Christian and had it. Man, I love preaching on this. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Do a word study on that word exceeding. Do a word study on that word great. And do a word study on that word precious. And that's what kind of promises that God's given unto us. Hey, whereby are given Given un- we don't have to wonder it. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. I'm King James Bible rightly divided. Second Peter one verse four. That by these, that is by these promises, ye all believers might be partakers. <laughs> Woo of the divine nature, comma having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God's given unto us all things that pertain unto life. That's grace, that's repentance, that's faith. God's given it all to us. That we, by the promises of God, that by those exceeding great precious promises, by those promises, we believers might be our partaker of the divine nature. I'm, I don't know if y'all have got a hold of that or not. I, I can't hardly get a hold of it. I'm talking about God's given us some divine nature to take a hold. Oh, yes, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. Thank God for Him living in us and let us be partaker of his divine nature. That's what the Bible says. I say amen. He better watch those doubts that creep in your mind. Hold on to the promises. Believe God's got all power. Put your life in his hands and all the events that surround it and, and better realize he, hey, don't doubt his punishment. But then what else can defeat us, preacher? Not only deception and doubt, but also discouragement. What, look at our text, chapter chapter 6. Galatians verse 9. Look what he says. Galatians 6 and verse number 9. Let's look what it says. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Did you see that? Oh, hallelujah, can I say today? Sometimes, 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 my friend, discouragement will cause us. Yes, sir, to faint. Oh, listen to me, to fail, to follow. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, better beware, be warned. These things that come in your life, burdens that you, that you bear for others and ones yet to bear for yourself, and they will develop you. But at the same time, there are things that will defeat us. Deception will, doubt will, discouragement. Discouragement where? Hey, look at verse 9, and let us not be weary. Any, we can be weary in the way, not because of the way, but weary in the way. Y'all remember when I preached that message on uh, uh, pursuing uh, a man a faint yet pursuing. Oh yeah, thank God. Hey, they kept going even though they were faint. Listen to me, listen to me, friend. There's some of you out there right now that's faint and you're discouraged and uh, deception has got a hold of you and they defeat you and, and makes you feel that way. You, you know you're not going to be defeated. Hell shall not prevail, but you feel that way. And you feel individually uh, that doubts have crept in and taken over your life and, and if you allow it, it will defeat you. And if not that, discouragement will. This will cause, discouragement will cause you uh, to be weary. It'll cause you to faint in your minds. Listen, for consider 
him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and wearied and faint in your minds. That's what he told us. That's what the Lord told us in Hebrews 12. That's that great chapter. Lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Amen. I told you not all, not all burdens, not all weights are sin, but all sin are weights. And he tells us in Hebrews 12 that we need to run with patience the race that is set before us and, and, and keep looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And then he said in verse 3, for consider him, that is Christ, that endured such contradiction of sinners worse than you and I would ever face against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds hey if he did it and he lives on the inside of us he can help us Oh, yes, he's that paraclete. Thank God. Amen. Thank God for him undergirding us and helping us. Listen, if you don't watch it, discouragement will cause you to faint in your minds. So look look to him. Thank God. Run to him. And in verse 3, Hebrews 12, consider him. Because if you don't, you may be wearied and faint in your minds. Second Corinthians 4, 15 says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. All these things that endure, that bombard us, yet the inward man is renewed. For our light affliction, that what we go through on the outside, which is but for a moment, our life is like a vapor, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not on things which are seen but on things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal hey what do you say I'm saying thank God be careful hey keep your eyes on the prize lift, lift up your heads thank God your redemption draweth nigh don't look at temporary things look at eternal things all things that can't be seen and realize hallelujah in doing so you'll keep yourself from being discouraged and fainting in your minds you got to watch this. Also, if you say, preacher, how discouragement will cause us to faint in our minds. It'll cause us to, to fail in our manners. Look at Galatians 6, our text chapter, verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word by preaching and teaching, amen, Sunday school teacher, preacher, evangelist, let him and your own self and the power of the Holy Ghost, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. Hey, listen to me. Hey, I, I, I want you to realize that word communicate is our mannerisms. We have a responsibility to those who taught us. We have a divine responsibility. I, I, I want to preach that message again on, on Uriah. On, on thank God reasons he couldn't lead the battlefield. Hey, hey, Judah was out there. The praise is out there. Israel's out there. The people of God's out there. Thank God. Hey, man, the, uh, the ark is out there. The the power of God, the precepts of God, the provisions of God. But more than that, thank God, those subordinates are out there, those under him. Hey, man, his fellow servants, those alongside of him, his superiors, those Joab was out there. I, here's what I'm saying. We've got a responsibility. Look at the people who's invested in your life through praying and preaching. And, and therefore, that's why I can't understand uh, why it's so easy for people to walk away from church, uh, to leave the church that God has blessed them in for years and 
raised their kids up in, and they'll get mad, and rightly so. Some of them have a real reason to. Listen, they had a real reason in Acts 6, but that crowd of widows didn't get up and leave. No, for God's sake, they stuck with the man of God and stuck with the teachings of God. Why? Because they'll fail in their manners. They, they will fail to communicate. Their, their lifestyle will not demonstrate the faithfulness that their lips profess. We have a responsibility uh, to to those who taught us good things. And then here's what will happen. If you get discouraged, you'll faint in your minds, you'll fail in your manners, and you'll follow the wrong man. Look at our text chapter, <clears throat> Galatians 6 and verse 12. Listen, listen to what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 12. Brethren, be followers together of me. Oh, my. Oh, yes. Listen now. Listen. Uh, Galatians. I'm sorry. Galatians 6, verse, verse number 12. As many as desire to make a fair shoe in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. Hey, I about skipped that one. Only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Okay, let's, let's, let's read it again. Galatians 6. Verse 12, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, neither desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. Oh, yeah, listen, that's what the Bible said. But God forbid that I should glory. I love, that's one of my favorite verses. I better hold off on that one. Uh, listen to me now. Galatians chapter 6, verse 12 through 13 it tells us this, if we don't watch it, we'll follow the wrong men. Oh, listen, it, we'll get discouraged and we'll follow men with rules and stipulations that are unbiblical. And the Bible says I, they, they'll try to get you to go the easy way out. See, the easy way out was to be circumcised so they wouldn't be persecuted by those religious people that they were acquainted with and associated with. And so it was easier just to go along to get along. And he says, no, you don't need is that they're just trying to do that so they don't have to suffer the persecution. Hey, they themselves, they don't want their circumcised acting like they can keep the law. They don't want to suffer the persecution for the cross of Christ. It's easier just to go along to get along. You better watch it. You'll follow the wrong man. You'll fail in your manners and discouragement cause you to faint in your minds. Let, let me, now, let me get to Philippians where I was quoting a while ago, chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, be your followers together of me. That's what Paul told him. Uh, and mark them which walk as ye have us for an example. Hey, listen, if God's put you in a church and, and you've got a pastor to follow, hey, man, then I'm going to tell you what, God don't want you to follow everybody else. He wants you to follow the leadership of the man of God in the local church where he's placed you at. Amen. Brethren, ye be ye followers together of me and mark them which walk as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping with a broken heart that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, and they who mind earthly things. Don't, don't follow the wrong man. Don't fail in your manners. Don't faint in your minds, because that's what discouragement will cause you to do. See, there's some things that will defeat you, but not only are they things burdens that God can use to develop you. Amen. Amen. Promote us, prove us, and 
polishes and purifies. Uh, but And yes, there's some warning signs. There's some things that can defeat us. We've got to be careful. We've got to be on our toes. We've got to be watchful. Amen. But lastly, <laughs> well, that's what I've been wanting to get to, glory to God. <laughs> There are things that develop us, things that we've got to be warned of lest they defeat us. But great God Almighty, there's some things that we can rejoice about and shout about. But hey, man, there's some burdens. There's some things. Hey, let me just say it like this. There's things that have happened in our lives. Thank God there's some things that we've experienced. There's some things that we enjoy that will not defeat us. But thank God they are delightful things. They are things that will delight us. There are things that should delight you. Uh, woo, glory to God and land forevermore. Amen. Hey, look at our text verse, uh, our text chapter, text uh, uh, chapter in Galatians 6 verse 14. Here's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. In Galatians 6 14. Uh, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Oh, that you need to memorize that verse. You need to meditate on that verse. I thank God for that verse. But God forbid that I shall glory. I save on the cross of the Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Thank God there's some things that are to delight us. Amen. I'm glad he bore some burdens for us. I'm glad he bore the weight for us. I'm glad there's some things that are to delight us. You say, preacher, what are you talking about. Hey man, by the way, I just want to spark for a second. You say, what's so good about that verse? It says, by whom the world is crucified. Hey man, nailed to the cross. But thank God, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What did it do? It nailed. Hey, by whom the world is crucified unto me. God nailed that world to the cross. How, what in the world did it happen? Hey, the thief that was on the right side uh, that trusted in the Lord uh, that repented uh, that had faith that made a plea for forgiveness uh, you remember he had his flesh nailed to the cross uh, he spent his whole saved life uh, with his flesh nailed to the cross uh, and he never doubted even when the lights was turned out uh, even when the Lord didn't speak uh, he never doubted nothing that the Lord said uh, he, he never doubted uh, hey he trusted God in the dark or in the sun Hey, why, preacher, he had his flesh nailed to the cross. He couldn't look back. He had his flesh nailed to the cross. Oh, he was kept his eyes on Jesus. He is nailed to the cross right beside Christ. Who oh, I'm convinced today that we need to keep that flesh nailed to the cross. It said, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. It's as if I'm dead to the world. The world's friendship, the world's fellowship, the world's relationships. I'm dead to it, and it's dead to me. Oh, thank be unto God. I'm cut out of it. I'm no longer a part of it. This world is not my home. Oh, thank God today. I'm glad, amen, that we can glory in the cross of Christ, and that alone ought to delight us. Hey, we why, preacher? Because we base our redemption on the Savior. Look at our text, chapter verse 14 of 
15. I've already read verse 14. Look at verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. It was the cross that made us new. Thank God for the preaching of the cross. It's the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth. Hey man, thank God. I'm so glad today that I know in whom I believe. Hey man, the Bible said in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Oh, I'm glad today, hey man, that there's some things that ought to delight us. Why? Thank God. What ought to delight us? Galatians 6, 14. That ought to delight. That's the only glory. We ought to have glory in the cross. Why? Because our, we base our redemption, our salvation on the Savior. Hey man, we bind a responsibility on ourselves. Look what verse 16 and 17 of Galatians 6, our text chapter. Look what it says, Galatians 6, amen, in verse, verse 16 and 17. For as many as walk according to this rule, <laughs> well, peace be on them, and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I bind, uh, hey, we ought to bind our responsibility on ourselves. We bear our redemption on the Savior, but we bind a responsibility on ourselves. That ought to delight us that we are vitalized, mobilized, utilized. That ought to, that ought to delight us uh, that we're saved and we have a chance to bear in our body the marks of the cross. What's the marks? Hey man, we ought to have a birthmark. <laughs> hey man, and we've been born again. We ought to have some knee marks uh, that we stay in fellowship and in prayer. Hey, man, stay prostrate seeking God. Uh, we ought to have some collar marks. Preach on, preacher. Uh, hey, birthmark, knee mark, collar mark. Uh, there ought to be a change on the clothes we wear. Hey, man, ought not run around naked. Uh, he's a, there's a, there's a, there's an attire for a woman that professes godliness. Uh, and then there's an attire of a harlot. Uh, hey, hey, there's an attire of godly men. Uh, and there's an attire of wickedness. Uh, whoa, listen to me today ought to be a collar mark there ought to be some knuckle marks ought to have blood marks on our knuckles from knocking on doors tearing out tracks hey there ought to be some footprint foot marks we're going to the right place and ain't ashamed to leave some steps behind for our youngins and lost people to follow us hey but thank God we ought to leave behind an eternal mark on this world the only thing you do for God is the only thing that's going to last eternity I wonder what kind of mark for an eternity that you've left on your family, your friends, and your loved ones. Oh, they're going to hate you and they're going to despise you for telling the truth. I've got people real, real, real close to me. And I wonder if I've made, if, if they're making, they they have made me an enemy because I tell them the truth. Oh, oh, listen to me today. Oh, thank God. Hey, man, there's some things ought to delight us. 
Woo! Galatians 6. Glory. I'm going to glory. I'm going to have myself a glory fit. Hey, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to have peace. I'm going to shatter out. Thank God because I base my redemption, my salvation on the Savior. I bind amen, a responsibility on ourselves. And then lastly, thank God things that ought to delight us. Because we believe there's a reward in the future. <laughs> we believe there's a reward in the future. Look at Galatians 6 verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In the meantime, brethren, verse 18, Galatians 6. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Thanks grace for the journey, friend. Grace here. Glory there. <laughs> Woo! Last verse in the Bible. Preached on preached on the gift, the giver, and the getter. <laughs> hey, thank God. Uh, the gift is grace. The giver is Christ. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the getter is you and I. And hey, man, thank God. It's a gift that keeps on giving. I keep on getting. Hey, this sure enough, old delight us. Psalms 27. Here's what old David said. One thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Uh, to delight in his presence and behold his beauty. Amen. There's going to be a reaping, friend, a reward. I'm glad we're heirs and join heirs. We're going to enjoy the benefit, amen, of the spoils of war that we didn't even find. Amen. That's why we're more than conquerors. John 14, 1 and 2 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house of many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll doubtless come again and receive you unto myself that where I am. There you make me also. I say amen. I like what he said over here. Amen. He said, Behold, I come quickly. Last chapter, Revelation 22, verse 12. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work. Amen. Shall be. As a tree falleth, amen. So shall it be. I'm glad, thank God. Amen. We're going to, there is a reward in the future. It ought to delight us. There's a responsibility we bind on ourselves. That ought to delight us. Amen. Our salvation is completely and totally dependent upon God. Thank God there's a reward. There's a responsibility. And our redemption is in the hands of the Savior. I say hallelujah. Bless His holy name. We've been grafted in. Hey, we've not climbed up a tree and got to worry about falling out and losing our salvation. We've been grafted in. We're as much a part of the tree as anything. I'm glad we are the tree. The tree is us. Hey, I'm. he said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I, I say glory to God. I say amen. Let us get happy today. Let us glory. Let us shout to peace and let us have grace. Amen. Because thank God in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That concludes our study in the book of Galatians. Oh, what a chapter to end up in. There's burdens to bear that we got to bear every man his own burden. But they sometimes we which are spiritual, God will call on. We which are strong, we who all should be strong and spiritual people who are disciplined and determined, who are stable, sound in doctrine, amen, and sound in desire, have a desire to see people restored, have a desire to keep ourselves restrained. Hey, we are to bear one another's burdens. God help us today to walk according to this rule. Have peace and enjoy mercy and thank God for grace because we shall reap. Oh God, I pray, drive it home in our hearts and help us to be the fruitful crowd. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.